Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I mean, in 2017, mm. there was no doubt about the, the role the Kinnahans were playing in organised crime in Ireland. I mean, I just think that is a fact. We've been through Operation Shovel. Yeah. We've been through the, the Regency Hotel. We've been through various uh, gun battles on the streets of Dublin. Ultimately, the boxers who fought for MTK have to take some responsibility for what it was and what it publicly was. I'm Nicola Talent. And you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Carl Frampton has defended his involvement with MTK Boxing Promotions, the company founded by Daniel Kinahan. The boxer says he has no regrets and enjoyed a life-changing payday after signing up in 2017. But is Frampton being tone deaf when it comes to Kinahan and the dirty funds washed through boxing? Should he recognise that he was inadvertently in bed with the bad guys? Or is he right to brazen it out as he has? Today, I'm talking with Niall Donald about the Late Late Show interview, about Frampton's snubs to the gutter press, and about his unpleasant show of bitterness to his former manager, Barry McGuigan. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. What a morning. Yeah, what a morning for you, yeah? Goodness. Yeah. I got a, I got a bloody flat tyre mm. on the way in. This is on your bike now, not on your, your Ferrari or something like no, that. No, no, my, my push bike. <laughs> and uh, it's about my fifth one in the past two months, so it's really annoying. And I've never got around to buying a pump. Yeah. Or carrying any sort of repair kit or anything. Yeah. I have this constant sort of thing that works mostly, but damsel in distressy and somebody <laughs> sort of <laughs> sorts it out. But this morning it didn't work. You did not everybody know. else was flying into work and it's not enough anyway, makeup on or something like that. Don't no, no, yeah. It was just all oh, hair's a mess, yeah. everything's a mess. So anyway, I 
walked about 25 minutes to where I knew there was a bike shop and it was closed. Yeah. And I had a bit of a moment yeah. outside that. And then I ended up hopping on a train. Yeah. The bike and eventually I got here. Yeah. And we hadn't time to go for coffee. No. So, so we're on the instant. So this is, this is a heroic tale. It is. Nicola bringing you a podcast under all conditions. What about yourself? No, just not grand. I had a, a filling yesterday and that's still sore. Is it? You know what the dentist told me? He said, what? or she said, um, you've got exaggerated jaw muscles. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> Basically, he said, your jaw muscles are overdeveloped. Basically, like that's a like, jaw. <laughs> yeah, kind of like basically like a human pit bull, I suppose. Seriously, yeah, exaggerated jaw, jaw muscles. muscles. Like of all the muscles to get exaggerated, surely the jaw muscles are the. <laughs> well, it's all the yapping you do. <laughs> is it? Is yeah. it? Um, is from it grinding, fixable? Like with cosmetic grind, grinding my? <laughs> no, it's not fixable. No, from grinding my teeth. Do you know what I um, mm. have come to the conclusion? By the what? way, and. I've realized that we're actually going to have to do our Sunday World 50th show ourselves yeah. here in the studio again right, right. because there's so much that has to be cut out of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We just bloop, bloop, bloop <laughs> okay. legal, legal, legal. But anyway, when we were discussing about the nicknames and how the really mean nicknames yeah. come from the street and stuff and all the various ones, including people's girth and their yeah, yeah. facial maybe yeah. imperfections and all. I decided that there should be a rule. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That if it's not fixable by cosmetic surgery, <laughs> it's not allowed. Right. I think that should be the bar. Right. That's the the the, the moral standard. Yeah. You're going to live by. Yeah. So certainly well, for us anyway, in the actual yeah. mainstream media as yes. opposed to the street. Mm. Anyway. We're here after planes, trains and automobiles to discuss Carl Frampton yeah. and his comments about MTK and Daniel Kinahan. Yeah, I mean, so Carl Frampton obviously is a boxer from Belfast or from, from Tigers Bay up in the north, you know, became a world champion, one of the best to come out of this island. Um, he's written an autobiography and um, the autobiography has been was launched, I suppose, last week. Now, for us, one of the first things you think of when you see these boxers is MTK and what was an international global scandal in the world of boxing. I think Carl Frampton launched his autobiography as if that wasn't going to be referred to. Uh, however, in fairness to him, he's answered questions and, yeah. and the world confronted him on, on Saturday about it at a, at a book signing. Yeah, in Eason's. So going back to Carl Frampton, he joined MTK in 2017. Yeah. At which point, um, Daniel Kinahan, it had sort of been put out there that he had taken a back seat. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, I think, before the announcement came that Sandra Vaughan had bought outright MTK. Uh, was it MGM at the time? Yeah, it'd been obviously we've gone over MTK, but, but when did it change to oh, MTK? It, it, it had changed to MTK. It at had that changed point, to MTK. Right. So that she she took over and she had bought it outright, and that Daniel Kinahan and Matthew Macklin had nothing to do with it. Yeah, that's the point where he joins up. Yeah. Now at that point, Tyson Fury was on the on the books, as was Billy Joe Saunders, my old friend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I haven't had a text from him in quite a while, actually. Yeah. He's been quiet. Um. But it had built up. There was about 100 plus boxers on the books of MTK 
at that point in time from its lowly beginnings in 2012, where it started. The first boxer signed up was Ian Dixon, who was sanctioned along with Daniel Kinnahan, his cousin. But anyway, that's when he joined. And Frampton was there throughout the time that I suppose Kinnahan came back out of the shadows, thanks largely to Tyson Fury and the selfie video. Yeah. Um, He was somebody who, um, I don't think he was a great defender of Daniel Kinahan or had, had he been questioned about him in the past? Oh, trying to well, recall. no, like, I mean, he had, he had a, so Carl Frampton, obviously, a lot of the book is being centred around the case of Barry McGuigan. Yeah. And so Carl Frampton had, was asked about MTK and Daniel Kinahan in court in 2020. And he was also asked, he also made a comment in 2021 after the Panorama investigate mm. special into Kinahan's so he had maybe not defended him on a personal level. So yeah, what I what I was giving him yeah. there was that he wasn't a Sonny Edwards. No, he, he was wasn't not. somebody that every opportunity he got, he was kind of out defending the honour of Daniel Kinahan. But he was, of course, questioned in court. Yeah, so he wasn't defending Daniel Kinahan. I think he said in the interview with news in an interview with News Talk, he he made he met him in a hotel once. But he didn't seem to have, he certainly said he didn't have a personal relationship with him in, in the way some of the other boxers did. Mm-hmm. But, like, let's look at it. In 2017, um, Daniel Kinahan was known to be a gangster. Like, there was no dispute about that. Um, so, I mean, I think in, in, in court, he had said that um, he, was quest- he was cross-examined during his case with Barry McGuigan and he was asked, uh, you know, some people see MTK as a, as a front for a global drugs business. And he said, I'm not aware of that. I have, and he says he doesn't suspect anything when he was said, when it was said to him that Daniel Kinahan wasn't suspected of, you know, various uh, crimes. He said he didn't expect suspect him of anything um, and then you know obviously uh, in 2021 BBC Investigates which was a very big moment I think for Daniel Kinnan, um they did a, a very extensive programme on yeah. was it called Boxing in the Mob or, or yeah. something like that Boxing in the Mob um, and really they 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 linked uh, Daniel Kinnan to all these box to this to his role in boxing um, and Carl Frampton was asked about that and he said, I'm not actually sure if this is a tweet or, or, or mm-hmm. a comment, but he said it's, it's uh, investigative journalism, but I don't know how much investigation was done. Mm. Now, if you look back on that program a couple of years on, um, I don't think they could really have said to have got a single thing wrong. Um, in no, and of, they couldn't have gone any further than they did. Yeah. And we all knew where we were at at that particular yeah. point in time, because while we had the backing of the various comments that have been made in the high court through cab cases. Um, Daniel Kinahan did not have convictions at that point. So it was a leap while the Sunday World and other news media in Ireland had pretty much written the story Mm. to bring that to screen with the power and the punch that Panorama has was, you know... it should have been done by RTE. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But the BBC, it took them to to stand up and do it. Yeah. Um, just on Carl Frampton to point out, so McGuigan is central to this. And of course, on the Late Late Show, he took an opportunity to have a bit of a punch at McGuigan. Um, 
and then wasn't asked about yeah, MTK, so. which was disappointing, I thought, as an interview. But McGuigan and himself had a long-standing relationship. McGuigan would say that he sort of took Carl Frampton from nothing and turned him into a world superstar. Yeah. Um, McGuigan and his son Shane train a lot of boxers and I think probably over the past few years have proved again and again that they train champions. Yeah. And they know what they're doing. McGuigan himself was a former boxer um, during the Troubles and brought a lot of joy really to the country, I suppose. Yeah, so obviously Byron McGuigan uh, ran the business side of of Carl Frampton's fights as well. He he, you know, he was his promoter effectively, and and Shane McGuigan was more, more the trainer. So, but what happened with MTK was that that um, they came in with this amazing business model. Really, is what, and this is sort of detailed in the BBC Panorama program as well, where. They came into this business and didn't seem to care if they made money or not. Mm. In fact, they didn't seem to even make any money in, in, in loads of their ventures. So boxing is very, very hard to make money. Um, there's a certain elite number of fighters who make a huge amount of money and there's huge interest pay-per-view. Um, and that's where the big money is to be made. But a lot of it is not really profitable. Mm-hmm. So MTK came out of nowhere and all of a sudden they were seemed to be throwing money at it. Uh, they they had boxers who uh, they didn't seem to make any money of, ask any money of, and it was so unusual. And that's what sort of skewed the, the field. That's why they were able to grow so quickly is that they were offering... Uh, they were offering fighters these conditions that nobody could, else could possibly compete with. And that's why they expanded so quickly. Um, Do you know that when it was founded initially in 2012 yeah. as MGM, which later yeah. became MTK, um, and founded by Daniel Kinnan and Matthew Macklin, it was founded as a non-for-profit organisation, almost a charity. Yeah. And they actually gave a lot of money and put on a lot of events for a charity down in Spain, which was called Aspandum. Yeah. And it was some sort of a children's charity for for kids with learning difficulties. There was a relative, a young child relative of the Kinnahans who had been born with a condition in very tragic circumstance and I think later passed away. And um, her photograph was on the backdrop of the reception area. And in the beginning, Boxers essentially largely from Tala, certainly Ian yeah. Dixon, and there was another boxer that was brought out. They were talented, yeah. kind of young guys, but they were brought out and given this gym to work out in, yeah. given fantastic trainers and given a place to live. Yeah. It was a great opportunity for them. But very quickly, I think by 2014, mm. in the blink of an eye, the first big names they started going after was Thomas Stoker. Yeah. who had been the Olympian, the yeah. UK Olympian. And they went after the whole of the UK Olympic team yeah. and signed up quite a few of them. And Billy Joe Saunders came involved and maybe he was an Olympian. I'm not ever will claim to know much about boxing. I don't, but he was one of the early sort of people signed up. And there was another boxer called McDonough. Yeah. And I, funny enough, knew somebody that knew him and was told that he was given money beyond his wildest dreams. Yeah. He thought his career was over. He was brought out to Spain 
he was given this fabulous villa with a yeah. private pool to live in, a chef, yeah. cook his food. And I mean, these were guys who were literally dragging their gym bag to work with them. Yeah. And and training in the evenings. And you know what I mean? They were not earning any kind of money, nor were they being treated like superstars. The lure of that. Yeah. It was like a nirvana. Yeah, because mostly boxing promoters are looking for people who, who could go on to become world champions and trying to sign them early. And But MDK were signing fighters who had very little chance Again, I'm not a yeah. boxing expert, but people would say that. Richard, those people are never exactly. going to be world champions. Yeah. They're never going to then generate a load of money. So why are they being signed? And that that's not clear. So there was, but obviously when Carl Frampton was signed in 2017, at that point they were signing world champions. And it was a mega big company. And it was a yeah. mega big company. Um, based in Dubai, of course. Based in Dubai at that point. And so Carl Frampton, you know, is it is he are his interviews tone deaf about MTK? I suppose is the real core of it. The second bit of it is, are people that boxers that fought for MTK should they be able to go on a program like the Late Late and not be asked about it at the least? Um, remember, RT are doing as much about the Kinnahans nearly as the Sunday World. Um, they've had program after program over the last couple of weeks regarding the cocaine busts yeah. and everything like that, where the Kinnahans have been referred to. They've had long reads on RTE. Can someone then go on a programme like the Late Late and not be asked about MTK? Now, obviously... Uh, and especially in the week where we did have that massive big yeah. cocaine bust. Yeah. I mean, it was all over the news. It was yeah. just in the ether. Yeah. Um, now, the last time... MTK boxers went on the Late Late Show. It was the Conlans. Yeah. Certainly Michael Conlon. And I'm nearly sure Jamie Conlon was on. Yeah. Um, certainly Michael Conlon was on. And Ryan Tupperty was the host. Yeah. And he was not asked about MTK yeah. at the time. Yeah. Now that was pre-sanctions. And I'm not giving the Late Late Show or Ryan Tupperty an excuse on that. Yeah. I personally couldn't believe yeah. that he hadn't been thrown a question about it because it was just so... So much in topic. Yeah. Um, it certainly would have been around the time. I think that Tyson Fury had called out Daniel, that all the rest of it. Um, post the oh. sanctions yeah. and the fact that you have, yeah. you know, some of the most powerful organizations in the world in law enforcement coming together in Dublin Castle, naming them. Yeah. And describing in detail how they were a murderous drug cartel. Yeah. And describing their links to boxing. Yeah. And the fact that MTK essentially closed down within days of that, mm. of those sanctions, while the company itself wasn't sanctioned. Other boxing companies related to the Kinnahans were. I, I just think it is, it, it's astounding that he's not asked a single question no. about it. And then, of course, I don't know again anything about boxing, but I'm getting all these messages and Twitter yeah. things saying that... Um, they're friends and that, and that, um, well, Patrick Healty wrote the introduction or something. For yeah, the but book. I think he did write the foreword for, for Carl Frampton's book. Um, I think that's, that's there to be seen. Um, and of course, like, I'll just read you a passage, um, from, from the book, which yeah. is, which is obviously why he was on promoting the book and why he's yeah. been on other, other programs and other newspapers. Um, Regarding MTK, Frampton writes, I signed with MTK and it was one of the best decisions of my boxing career. 
I used to laugh at the bit of grief I get in the gutter press or Muppets on social media, stuff about Frampton's gone to MTK for the dough and then innuendos about where that dough originated. So that, I mean, that's in the book. Yeah. Um, you know, as reported in, in, in the, in the Irish independent. So by Fanon Sheen. So, I mean, like, you know, I mean, it's, is it. Is there an inability to read the room? Is there a difference in how the Kinnahans and how their links to MTK and the whole boxing thing is seen down in the South as opposed to in the North? Or is it just that Carl Frampton is sort of bedding down with this narrative that I deserved it. I was a world champion. He's basically saying, and he said on the wor- on the the Late Late Show, uh, he described the case he had with Barry McGuigan, which centred on his earnings. And he's describing in detail, obviously, as well in the book about how he believes he was ripped off. That case was settled. Yeah. Um, there wasn't any admission on uh, the side of the, the McGuigans. But um, he's really having a go and a dig. And I mean, for him, it's almost black and white. I was ripped off all my career and I finally got this uh, chance and I got this big pay packet and it set me up for life and I'm not going to apologise for that. I worked hard all my life. I'm a fantastic boxer world champion. Which he is. Which he is. Yeah. But it is literally as black and white for him as that. And he doesn't have the ability to sort of see where there's a little bit of grey matter going on there. Yeah. I mean, so what he said, he was interviewed in News Talk and in fairness, News Talk and the Irish Times who had an interview with him on Saturday, they both asked him about MTK and and, and published it. Um, but he's asked about MTK on News Talk and Carl Frampton says, you see people talking about it and asking about it, but over the border, without sounding horrible, it wasn't as big a deal. And he's talking about the the, the MTK links to Kinnahan. Mm. Um It wasn't as big a deal because people weren't getting it, murdered and well, slaughtered on the streets. A, well, it wasn't as big a deal in Belfast. And that's probably what he means is people up there could look at MTK Global. And there was a much bigger disconnect in the North because mm. if you recall, so MTK couldn't put on any shows here. Yeah. So since 2016 and the shooting at the Regency yeah. Hotel, they hadn't put on a show. At one point, they did try and attempt to put on a show and it there was graffiti and there was basically there was a security risk yeah. and it was called off. Um, I think they tried a few times to kind of come in the back door under the names of different promotional firms, but it was kind of, again, there was insurance problems, there was security problems. The Guardi were never able to publicly say that they had reduced that critical risk surrounding the boxing. But all that time, the boxing was actually carrying on regardless in Belfast over the border. Because I recall we were sending along to it in an effort to see who was going and who was still showing up and who was sort of in place and who wasn't. and it was going on. I mean, at one point, there was a a boxing um, night gig on. Yeah. Was there not that there was a security alert? Yeah, there was some. Graf- in. I think there was some graffiti went up or or something along those lines. And the Look, PSNI ended up having to um, blanket security on it, and they ended up charging the promoters. Yeah, uh, the the bill basically that it would it cost them. Well, let's look. Let's hear what Carl like. What Carl Frampton says, basically, is that he was never paid by MTK. 
right? They, 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 they managed his career. They weren't his promoter. He was paid directly by the promoters. Um, Bob Arum, I think he refers to, and uh, uh, somebody else. So he's saying, I wasn't paid by MTK. That the deals that they did or the arrangements that were made gave him security for life. He says a couple of times that, you know, I'm a boxer. The other stuff doesn't com- concern me. I was a boxer boxing. That was it. Um, you know, he says that it's not that he doesn't care about all that. Obviously, I have a heart, but I was a boxer and that that was his deal. And, and you know, from his p- perspective, what he's saying is he's nothing to do with organized crime. He doesn't particularly have any ability to investigate organized crime or arrest people for organized crime. He's an ability to turn a blind eye now in fairness. Well, and actually, I think that lies at the heart of exactly what happened in boxing and how boxing as a sport was poisoned by Daniel Kinahan. They all turned a blind eye. They all looked the other way because the money was coming in. And I think there was an element of greed that allowed him so deeply embed himself in boxing. And well, that's a fact. Well, okay. Well, I'll give you the, the counter per- perspective from from what I believe Carl Frampton is saying. He's saying, like, these things are out there. This person has done this. Kinnan is linked to MTK. Broadly, MTK were were at least publicly disassociated themselves from, from Daniel Kinnan. Um, that, you know, that he, it's not up to him to, like he's he's a legitimate boxer mm-hmm. and, you know, there's deals being done and he's entitled to have security and get paid what he believes is worth. And, you know, it's not up to him to to judge the origin of, of you know, the, the complicated origin of some of these, these things and that um, where he is from, you hear a bit in the gutter press as he describes it, but it's nobody's convicted or whatever. So that's broadly what he's saying. Now, he signed... I will say say that now, though. I mean, he's he's saying it now. If he'd said that pre-sanctions, which they were all saying, I mean, they all were saying it. But I mean, what's not to know now? I mean, at the very least, if you didn't know then, you know it now. So surely your approach to any of those questions as a sportsman, Mm. as somebody that young kids look up to, is... All it takes is just a little bit of PR management in how to answer those questions. And a lot of what he's saying is understandable as a sports person. You're out there to box people around you looking after the business. You're taking your money from Bob Arum's. Also, I think is his company MGM or whatever his company is called. Yeah, not MGM, but yeah, top rank. Top rank, yeah. 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 You're taking your money from there. All of that is sort of absolutely Mm. an acceptable thing to say. But not now is no. that acceptable to say and to bed down and to sort of say that it's still you know f- gutter press. And yeah. the fact of the matter is Daniel Kinahan is sanctioned in the same way as a Russian oligarch is. Yeah. He has been described and is wanted. Um, information on him is wanted by the US authorities for money laundering, for a drug, uh, trans-global drug and uh, weapons shipping and for murder. Yeah. So... <laughs> And can I, look. What's to like? <laughs> well, what's to like indeed? And remember like, so he signed in September 2017, right, for MTK. Yeah. So just, I'm just going to say a few of the things that were going on in 2017. With the, with the Kinnans, mm-hmm. right? So in April 2017, Imre Arrakis was arrested. Um, we believe that Daniel Kinnan had a 
a key role in arranging for him to fly over to Ireland to carry out uh, a, to attempt to carry out a planned murder, a very direct role. Um, in May 2017, Michael Gately was shot. Again, Kenan played a key role in that. In uh, one month after Carl Frampton signed in September, in November 2017, there was a very serious hit attempt on Gary Hanley. During the evidence in that case, there was discussions about Daniel, uh, you know, and certainly suggested there was a role in it. Mm -hmm. In May 2017, loads of boxers attended Daniel Kinahan's wedding. They were joined by the Drug Enforcement Agency. Yeah, agency realize. yeah, and some of the most notorious criminals in the world, full stop. Riddle um, and Taggy included yeah. and Raphael Imperiali. And many, many uh, gangland criminals Absolutely. from the UK. Absolutely. Um, so all of this was going around. And many, I have to say, recognisable. I mean, Richard yeah. Cashman is fairly recognisable. Yeah. He was, of course, the partner of John Goldfinger, Hammer. Anybody in the UK would know them. They ran a big, huge um, fraud in in the the um, the, Canary, the Tenerife. Actually, um, a kind of a you know when you buy bits of a yeah, so leaks uh, from a timeshare. Timeshare. Time so I mean, the point I suppose about it is at that wedding, there's all these gangsters. And Christy Kinahan was sitting there at the yes. top table. Hang yes. on, I mean, who doesn't know that he's a gangster? And there was many people from Scottish gangs yeah. who were also deeply embedded in MTK. So some of this is going around in the ether, not just in the, the, the gutter press, but it's also in the ether of the boxing world. Who's connected? Who's there? That world's, those worlds collide. Now, th look, it, it, does it even need to be said that Carl Frampton is not, is not, uh, cannot be held responsible for any of that? But there must have been a, a bit of a smell yeah. of some of of some of the these ties, even if you never believed anything that was in the papers. Mm. Um, you know, uh, Sandra Vaughan obviously, you know, was was the head of MTK and never s failed in her devotion to Daniel publicly. Now, it just rings a bit funny, and Carl Frampton is is you know he's in fairness to him he's dealt with the questions, I think, honestly, in the sense of he's saying, well... From how he sees it. From how he, he sees certainly it. has. But th that doesn't mean he's handled them well. No, it doesn't mean he's, he's handled them well. I think he's handled them. I think he's handled them really badly. I think he's just misread the room on, yeah. on what... Because remember as well, like the Kinnons were not a, a, you know, the idea that they did... What happened in Belfast was nothing to do with them is absolutely not true. Yeah. I mean, they they were an all Ireland organization. Um, their drugs reached into both sides of the community in the north. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Mm. Um, you know, obviously they they reached into the, the loyalist paramilitaries. A good large part of the funding that those loyalist paramilitaries uh, had going on through those years was a result of selling Kinnahan drugs. Mm. I mean, it was not something that was confined to the to this to the southern part of Ireland. Um, so it's it's. I think it's. Yeah, and I, I think mean, I think it's. I don't think the late late should be getting MTK ex MTK boxers on uh, without asking them about it. I mean, that's that's my own personal perspective. I completely agree with you. Yeah. I mean, what is the late late if if it if it allows an interview like that pass without that question? 
yeah. being asked. I mean, that was Friday evening. Saturday afternoon, Alan Cherry from our parish yeah. was down in Eason's yeah. and rattled up and asked him those questions and he answered them politely, yeah. even though they yeah, weren't yeah, necessarily... Yeah, not delightedly, but politely. Not delighted, but he, he wasn't certainly, you know, in any way, wasn't he wasn't going to storm off the Late Late Show if no. he was asked or whatever. Um, and the Irish Times at some point obviously asked those questions yeah. too. And then he went on News Talk and presumably I listened to the interview with Kieran Cuddehy and him. He must have known it was coming at the yeah. end of that interview. Yeah. And you can understand why you'd put it at the yeah. end in yeah. case he did stop yeah. and clamp up talking. Um, but nonetheless, you know, those questions have been posed. He must have known those questions were a possibility down here in particular. Yeah. And that's how he prepared for them. Well, it's funny he says, obviously, that that some of his money came from Bob Arum, um, from deals, not from MTK. Yeah. Uh, from, from the MTK, I mean, continued in that charitable way to such an extent. I've never heard a single person say they made any money from them. Well. I think in actual well, fact that yeah. MTK, when they were sort of their hand was forced somewhat to admit that Daniel Kinahan was in the ether and was working for them, representing them as such and making the connections between them and Bob Arum and the US. From memory, Sandra Vaughan said he did all that work for free. Yeah. He believed in boxers. He wanted to better their careers. He was just an all-round good guy. Yeah. He never got paid a penny out of MTK and it was just purely out of the goodness of his heart that he did all that work for Tyson Fury. Yes. However... I'll say the other side to that is that ultimately Bob Arum then, after the sanctions, <laughs> after it all fell apart, Daft, he spoke Arum. about, well, he spoke about handing over $4 million, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, I can't remember, the, I think it's $4 million over a series of three or four fights, and uh, not Carl Frampton fights, for sure, but yeah. other fights. He personally handed that over to Daniel Kinnan. Yeah. So... We're hearing lots of we heard yeah, lots see, of different but, stuff. You, you see, see, to keep to keep a story straight, you have to make sure that everybody is in line. Yeah, and the likes of Bob Arum just seems to be, uh, what is he? He's well in his eighties, well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. A self-professed pot smoker. Yeah, who doesn't really give a shit. No. and just uh, you know speaks whenever somebody oh, yeah. phones him. He, he, Daniel, Daniel was a great guy, and Daniel, Daniel was won. a great guy. And then, oh no, I didn't know that about him. And yeah, you know, yeah. he changes. With the wind, I think Tyson Fury is very much pulled away from Daniel Kinahan, despite the fact that he has been caught up in it through bans uh, of traveling to the US along with his brother, Tommy. Um, but you do have to say about Tyson Fury, like, like, okay, maybe the questions have stopped now, but Sky Sports, other organizations, they put the questions to Tyson Fury about Daniel Kinahan. Uh, certainly at the the last time. It's extraordinary, though, that nobody's put those questions to Matthew Macklin because yeah. he was the co-founder. Yeah. I mean, Tyson Fury was, in fairness, a boxer. Have you watched Ty the Tyson Fury at home with the, whatever it's I've called? I've actually saw a few On Netflix, I've seen a bit of it. And I was always of the opinion that Tyson Fury did that selfie video under the instruction of Daniel yeah. Kinahan. I would have always believed that Kinahan had full control over that. You watch that documentary and you realise that Tyson Fury is perfectly capable yeah. of going off on one and yeah. doing that yeah. without any instruction yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. He has certain little personality mm. issues that the wife Paris actually is comes across really well on it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how she puts up with him or sticks the way he behaves, but she does. And uh, he is absolutely, you know, focused on one thing. But 
yeah, I think he was perfectly capable of coming out with that selfie without any instruction. Yeah. And probably that forced their hand then to describe how Kinahan was, of course, yeah. involved in the ether. Everyone knew. It was like the elephants are the emperor's new clothes. Like, I mean, everybody knew Daniel Kinahan was there. Yeah. But we were sort of always a little bit restricted. And then, of course, they came up with this story that, oh, yes, he is working in the background, but it's all for free. Yeah. I think it's it's um, it's it's a funny thing because I read some of the other uh, sections of Carl Frampton's book and I thought they were really good. And you have to remember he's he is a hero up in 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 up in the north. He's um, you know he's been a kind of a cross community hero. He's spoken very strongly on on various uh, issues. Does a lot of good charity work, all of that, and he's so definitely very popular. Yeah. I, I don't think he did himself any favors. A, with the way he's answered about Kinahan and the rest of it, but B, and in particular, the bitterness there for McGuigan. Yeah, and I think McGuigan is overall liked. Yeah. And seen as a bit, you know, I mean, he's seen as a sporting hero well, he, he was, in Ireland. He? I have to give it to him. He was one of the very few voices of boxing that came out on that panorama show because everybody else was too scared. And he bravely stood up and spoke out about Kinahan's involvement in boxing. And sort of behind the scenes, I know and you know how important it is to get somebody to come forward. You can't make a documentary no. when nobody speaks to you. No. So there was very few people willing to actually speak to Panorama that time. And McGuigan's um, interview was so vital to that yeah. program's yeah. actual broadcast that it was a hugely brave thing for him to do. And what you have as well is those other boxers um, was it Saunders was was slagging off his his daughter's death? Yeah, which was. I mean, it's disgusting. It is, and look, I mean, it's 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 Billy just Joe Saunders, it just rings funny, doesn't it, to go from uh, you know whatever the that dispute, which is really a small scale now, big scale for Carl Frampton in terms it's of a his financial money. dispute over who whether then, he got seven and a half percent or should have got ten. I said that to you on the way in the door here. Yeah. Like if he got seven and a half percent, which is what he said of the of the purse, like an author would get ten yeah. percent of the purse of a book as yeah. such. Uh, a performer might be doing well to get 10% of the purse. Like that might sound to people absolutely tiny, but there's so many people to be paid. Yeah. To create a star or of any sort, be it in sport or be it, you know, on stage in any way. Well, he has his perspective on the money. Like we don't, we're not here to 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 judge the rights and wrongs of that. Obviously, all of that information is out there now. Um, but I just think that um the boxing ultimately the boxers who fought for MTK have to take some responsibility for what for what it was and what it publicly was. I mean, in 2017, mm. there was no doubt about the, the role the Kinnahans were playing in organised crime in Ireland. I mean, I just think that is a fact. We've been through Oper Operation Shovel. Yeah. We've been through the, the, the Regency Hotel. We've been through various uh, gun battles on the streets of Dublin. And um, I just think to say... And by 2018, Daniel Kinahan was named as the head of the Kinahan Organised Crime Group in the High Court here yeah. in Ireland. Yeah. I mean, yes, to, to, to blindly still hold that position. Yeah. Like, wouldn't it be such a... I mean, 
it would make a difference if somebody came forward and said, I knew all the rumours, but I was stuck in it. There was no way out for me as such. I was caught up in this. I had committed to doing this. I had committed to doing that. On a day-to-day basis, there was no sign of Daniel Kinahan. And there was this counter kind of story that, oh no, it's just the media, which maybe is believable if you're in a bubble in Dubai. Like Daniel Kinahan is a most convincing person. Like his father before him, is actually at the heart of his being is that he is a fraudster and he's able to convince people that black is white. He has an amazing effect on people, not only in the boxing fraternity, but those in the criminal fraternity as well. I've spoken to people, really, really, really tough guys in the background there who would have held roles uh, over the the decades in criminal, now serious criminals who maybe you're falling out of love with them. Mm. And it's like as if they're being deprogrammed from a cult. Yeah. They're questioning themselves all the time. They're questioning everything. They have been fed so many lies Mm. that their actual sense of reality is skewed. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of guy that all these boxers were, were, you know, swirling in the ether of. Yeah. Yeah. So... It, like yeah, it can be. It can be. It can be uh, a little bit of alluring, but I think truth and honesty, maybe from somebody saying that. Yeah, I made. Okay, a I can see now exactly what was going on. I mean, there's nothing to deny it now. Yeah, we've heard the, you know, the US. We can see now that what was in the media was true, but I was being told a different story yeah, then, and I believed it, and I and I, I, and I shouldn't have. Exactly. But look, that's not how he feels. So yeah. So yes, of course, it isn't how he feels, and you can't make anybody no, feel no, any which way, no. But um, yeah, and look, he answered the questions. And again, this uh, boxing story, we keep sort of falling in and out of the ring when we're talking about the Kinahans, don't we? Yeah, and I think the thing about the boxing thing is, though, it shouldn't, in the, in the Irish media down here, it can't be separated. Like they have to be, they, they made a choice to fight for M- with MTK. Yeah. And they have to be questioned about it. I think that's a basic. And they don't have to be held responsible for anything because yeah. they're clearly not responsible for any of the actions of the Kenan cartel. Like it's beyond stating the obvious. Yeah. But they do have to, I think, answer questions about why they made those choices. Um, and to finish with this, I suppose, just to tip on the idea that, I mean, there is a lot of rumours going around the boxing world that Daniel Kinahan is still involved. Mm. And I believe he is still involved yeah. in boxing. Yeah. Which is just extraordinary. He's like one of those, you know, last scenes in a horror movie where you have this hand coming <laughs> yeah, out of the water yeah, and clinging yeah. to the side of the boat. Um, he won't walk away from it. No. He will not give it up. It's something that he believes should be his. Yeah, and it's over there in, in that part of the world, the Middle East, and really what goes on there, it's just not equivalent to what goes on in in. in in countries like Europe or the US where yeah. there's a certain degree of accountability. Uh, who knows? There's a damage done, I think, to that sport that will never be undone. Yeah. Um, even if Kinahan comes back here he's yeah. before the Special Criminal Court and locked up, I think the mark he's made on that sport will forever yeah. be felt. Yeah. Um. So now... So there you go. So By yourself. that... Yeah. Damsel in distress. Yeah. Nicola Talent doesn't yeah. always... <laughs> Not the first. Not oh, not the first. first time that hasn't worked for me. No, no, no. it just doesn't. Not, Definitely don't not. necessarily go together. And you know what? I actually 
would have had no problem just going into a bike shop and paying somebody to fix yeah. my tire for me whatsoever. But do you think there was one? No. There's loads more at least now. Yeah. You cycle now? No. Just the one blind eye wouldn't help, I suppose, <laughs> with cycling, would it? That'd be no problem to me to cycle. <laughs> it's just not on my approved list yeah. of exercise activities. It's a quicker way to get around than actually driving, believe it or not, in Dublin. Um, and uh, it is great when everything goes right, like like all things. Yes, exactly. Okay. Well, look, we'll um, reconvene later in the week. Thanks very much, Nicola. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.